0: This is Nabwick Talk Radio, and we want to welcome all of our guests and our friends here this morning on this awesome, awesome, awesome blog talk show. And this is Anne McNeil, the Master Builder, helping to build stronger and better lives. And we have Ursula Odom, and we have our awesome president, Miss Kimberly Naylor. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Good Thank morning. You. So, with that being said, we're going to kick our show off this morning and turn this show over to our awesome host, Ms. Ursula Odom. Good morning.
1: What I'd like to do is let you know who's on the line because it's pretty awesome. We have, as you just heard, Anne McNeil, and Ann McNeil is, she is the master of the International Mastermind Association, and she lives and teaches work-life balance principles, which are values that help people achieve a lifestyle of complete freedom. Anne McNeil is the president and owner of MCO Construction and Services Incorporated, MCO Consultant Incorporated, Colbert Ball Tax Franchise, and Constructively Speaking Incorporated. Additionally, she is the founder of International Mastermind Association and the Association of Black Women in Construction. In terms of volunteerism, and is also the national treasurer of Florida Memorial University National Alumni Association. Kim Lee Naylor is a life coach and the founder of Positive Sisters, S-I-S-T-E-R-S, an organization designed to empower women through sisterhood. She began training as a professional life coach in 2006 after many years of assisting others as a spiritual advisor in transforming their lives through their intuitive gift of wisdom. She has developed a nine-step process for welcoming you back home, which provides women with cover their authentic selves. She assists you by unveiling your choices in your life so you can heal and become real. Kimberly is the current national president of NAMWIC. Your host, myself, Ursula Odom, is a legacy writer, the author of At Sula's Feet, African Americans of Tampa, co-author of The Doris Ross Reddick Story. I'm a motivational speaker and portrays Mary McLeod Bethune as a one-person show. I'm the founder of Sula Two, with books published for clients from Georgia to California. Good morning, ladies. Uh, we're going to be talking about Congressional Black Caucus. And I know as it, as it relates to NABWIT, this is something that is very important. It's an initiative that we focus on. And what I'd like for you to do is, from your experience, explain what it is, and then we'll go into why it's important.
0: So, Ms. Ann. Well, thank you uh, for that, Ursula. What I'd like to do, if you don't mind, if you can give mm-hmm. our listening audience a little history from Wikipedia about uh, the Congressional Black Caucus, and then Kimley and I would give you our personal and professional experience, uh, because I think it's one of the most um, most inspiring and uh, encouraging and really uh, visionary activities. That we can all participate in, regardless of what race, creed, or color. But before I get into that, if you can just share with our, our, our listeners what is the Congressional Black Caucus and how was it, why was it formed?
1: Okay, it was formed in 1971, and it states that the goals are to positively influence the course of events pertinent to African Americans and others of similar experience and situation, achieving greater equality for persons of African descent and in the design and content of domestic and international programs and services. For black members that have been elected, and they have 13 members that started the organization in 1971, and they've grown from that to 39 members with two non-voting. And they represent... Those non-voting members represent the District of Columbia and the Virgin Islands. So you have some pretty powerful members from the Senate that over the years you have names like Cory Booker, um, Kamala Harris, you have uh, Roland Burris, and actually former President Barack Obama was a member at one point in time. So you're talking about, about people around the country that can make a difference. It is open to both Democrat and Republican. However, a large majority of them are um, Democrats, but it is open to both because it's non nonpartisan. There happens to be some non-black membership as well, and it goes into quite a bit about that as, as well. So if you go on Wikipedia, it's a long history out there that will give you some background as to the, the um, number of people that have come through. So with it being such a highly active political environment
0: right now, why are these people important today is what I'd like to know. Well, now, I can chime in at this point. I'm also a member of the Associated Builders and Contractors, ABC, A-B-C. That's very important that it's not A, the other one. Anyway, because of my involvement with that organization for almost 20 years, they have a motto that says that if you're not in politics, As a business person, if you're not in politics, you're not in business. And we, from South Florida, uh, when we had one of our first blacks to come into Congress, a number of individuals got on a bus and went to Washington. This is over 25 years ago. And that was our first experience in in having a Washington experience. And this was around the same time um, that the Congressional Black Caucus was forming. And the really early meetings were more like, uh, you know, conference room meetings, little small meetings. But as it grew, our vision and our understanding began to grow about the power of the politics and the power of the caucus, that caucus being city, county, state, and Federal Caucus for Blacks. Now, as the founder of the National Association of Black Women in Construction, it did not take me very long to realize that if our members, no matter where they are in the world, if our members could just get to Washington and get to have a glimpse of the vision for their life in terms of being black, for their business in terms of being black, And for the community, you will already understand the why. You don't have to figure out the what because politically, and I have a couple of stories I'll share later during the show, about my own experience and understanding that in order for me to work locally in my home, in my city, and in my state, I really needed to have federal and national political relationships and connections but also what it did for me and still doing for me, it is enlarging my vision and helping me to understand that just because I am small, I do not have to think small. And many of the organizations that we normally work with in our local areas have a national presence. I mean, the major construction companies, the major engineering firms, and even our major politicians in our area, area, they all go to Washington. And so for me as as a part of Nabwick, this is one of the reasons why I am always promoting, selling and encouraging members and even people who are not members yet, but they're on the line to join us in Washington D C. So that is the backstory uh for me and, and um we also started I think this would be our tenth year and hosting our own event inside of the Congressional Black Caucus because there's so many events going on you can really get lost in the midst of the activity and not have it be productive
1: One of the things I was looking for when I went to Wikipedia is to see if there was a connection between this organization and what Dr. Bethune did and it helped me understand the value of this organization as well when she started the black cabinet, um, one of the things that she said was when she pulled them all together, they were elected officials from all over the country, and she said, you need to know as the director of, of or whatever they were, and you need to know this person. You all need to know each other because you are singularly focused on one area of what you do in the organizations that you have but you need to talk to each other so that you can coordinate and come up with a strategy. And I thought that was profound. And so I see the Black Caucus as being the same thing. Hers seem to be more focused on on, um, not states or counties or whatever, but initiatives. And that's a little bit of what I'm thinking might be the situation here with Women in construction it is an initiative that we are particularly interested in. Is that correct or no?
2: Well, this is Kim Lee well, then, and um uh, go ahead, Kim. Go ahead
0: no 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 go ahead i i, I will...
2: I'll let you I'll just give my thoughts on that <laughs> um first, I would just kind of give my personal uh experience with the uh congressional Black caucus uh before i uh, attempt to answer our initiative but uh, the first time I went I didn't even know I was attending the Black Congressional Caucus I was actually going to uh, participate in a program that the Association of Black Psychologists was hosting in Washington DC and I was expecting to attend and I did not know that they were one of the breakout sessions of the Congressional Black Caucus so you can imagine my surprise when I walked in and see the whole Washington Convention Center field with all types of conversations and topics around policy that impact black people in America. And here we were talking about developing, you know, blacks as far as psychology and how we go address our mental health issues, and that was being funneled through white experience, and there was not really help in history to helping blacks with our history in this nation. So that introduced me to the Black Congressional Caucus, and from that, I began to research. I went to so many other platforms and just made it a personal commitment as a black woman that I would attend that annually. Later, I met the uh, National Association of Black Women in Construction because of my construction firm, uh, Nail right Construction, and have engaged at a much more involved level so I, I, I would encourage anyone, the initiative for our organization, as Ann stated, is for members and non members alike, is to educate black Americans that this week in Washington, D.C. is one of the most monumental events you can attend to be aware about the policies and the procedures that are being voted on, There's decisions and conversations being held, that you may not even know, and it's pertaining to every aspect of your life. And that's why we find it an initiative to incorporate it as part of one of our three annual events is to be at the Congressional Black Caucus, and we're encouraging you to be there because I'm telling you, it is life-changing. And that was just from a personal experience, and as a business person, it has even accelerated more.
1: Thank you. So today, what are some of the things that um, are front and center for the organization or what do you expect to see or hear about when you attend the meeting?
0: Well, we start off with our own board meeting. What we found over the years is that there are many uh, black women in particular who are in the construction industry that do not know we exist. Therefore, when we started doing uh, the, our own reception uh, at the Congressional Back Caucus, is held at the City Club of Washington on 13th. And in the very beginning, when people heard we were hosting that event, and it's a free event, We just ask you to register, and even if people don't register because there are so many activities coming, uh, taking place, and when people find out about something, they just show up. So we had women from different countries. We had women from the West Coast of the United States. But women come from all over because they heard and then came and were drawn to us. They then began to understand that, there are a lot more black women in the construction industry. And and so what started happening is that the more we hosted this event, the more we realized that we could use the reception, which is held on that Thursday of the Congressional Right Caucus at the City Club, and we go in about six. And we're only there for about an hour, hour and a half, because everybody's trying to get somewhere else. But we began to realize that this is an initiative that we could create to help with the marketing and branding and just education and the connections, like you mentioned earlier, about who we are and why it's so very important that we are able to connect with each other on a higher level. But we also realize that since we are going to be in Washington and most of our efforts for the organization is in the southern part of the United States, and in particular, southern part of Florida, that this would give us an opportunity to hold our annual midyear meeting in washington d c so then it would encourage members uh, of our organization to come to Washington, especially those of us who are officers and board members, and we began to host our own board members our, our our own board meetings now, I just want to mention here too that the national black Organizations such as the Black Chamber, uh, AMAC, uh, NAMC, National Minority Contractors, a lot of these national organizations, like Kimley was saying, they all host some kind of meeting while in Washington because if you are a national association or organization of any kind, many have offices in Washington. But it's an ideal time during the Congressional Black Caucus to meet with your members. So Kimberly can also make her make her comments regarding that. Uh, and that's uh, another
2: awesome thing about this. It's like one-stop shopping to learn about organizations that are impacting the Black community, and you can get information in-depth information. And many of these things are hosted by your Congress people, so you have a chance to get face-to-face time with them after they have their breakout sessions and conversations. Uh, Coming into the construction space, um, I just went through the directory and began to look at all the different representatives who were looking for workforce, who were hosting events on workforce development, uh, skill trade development, and fortunately, last year I was able to attend my personal Congresswoman of our District 14 out of Michigan who was actually hosting the skill trade development. So that built relationship for me to know who the players are locally in Michigan and has been very instrumental to our chapter here of having strong relationships with her staff here in Michigan. They've attended our meetings. They've helped us get exposed to the city retreat, our council, and our council president, our mayor, so that we can be in the limelight of a lot of the construction redevelopment that's happening in Detroit being tied into the workforce development This happened as a result of being at the Congressional Black Caucus. But any area, as as I stated, my initial introduction, which I still overlap both agencies, um, is because both host major events to build awareness, to increase their membership, to increase their engagement at the Congressional Black Caucus, where you see the policies that are on the books that impact our abilities. And many of these Congress uh, people are supporting these ventures. They support uh, the training sessions, they supported the, uh, the breakout. And so it gives you a chance to connect with your Congress, see what they're doing on the on the ground and which agencies and organizations they're working with. And I, as I said, I cannot imagine um, not going to the Congressional Black Caucus uh, for the rest of my journey because it just brings such a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. And I think it also boosts, for me personally, my civic engagement when I did return home, so I'm watching. My eyes are open. I'm paying attention to what's happening, you know, legislatively, and that's why I like this because it is a legislative conference, and um, in in the Congressional Black Caucus, it's just so the breakout and all the engagement in the movement that you get to participate in, so you can be an informed voter in your community.
0: And I just like to okay. share a story at this point. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go I- ahead. I don't know if you want to go ahead uh, and do a commercial, Ursula, and then we come back. I'd, I'd like to share a story uh, t- to make Kimberly's point that she's making, because for many of us that are blank businesses who may say, I can't afford to go to Washington. I can't afford to get a hotel. I can't afford, you know, to, to do. And actually the registration is free, free. Free is good. For uh, participating in the exhibit, you just register. You know, there's no charge if you want to participate in any of the activities. There may be a charge per activity, but I just want to make sure I say that. But first,ly if you'd like to go to a commercial and we come back, I'd like to share a story uh, to just make the point of okay. why the politicians are so very important and what it looks like.
3: Okay.
1: We don't have. And a shorter commercial um,
0: But what I will do no, You can just play the same one we we couldn't hear okay. three, the first one, so if you don't mind, thanks. Okay. We
4: are so excited to have you listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show. Please call, text, or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com/nabwic. Thank you and we're back. Welcome back.
1: And um there was a um story that you wanted to share.
0: Yes, I'd like to just, for those who are still listening, if you're wondering, okay, if, you're, if I'm a black business person, what does it look like to me? Why would I be interested in going? How will it impact my business? And this is a story I'd like to share. Um, co- I, we had a congresswoman uh, in South Florida named Congresswoman Meeks, and she was our first black from our state to be in Congress, and, of course, it's during the 70s. And um, so I came up to a Congressional Black Caucus while she was in office and was, you know, you go from event to event, and every time you hear about something, you go to something else. Well, I heard that one of our uh, black lobbyists was hosting a luncheon on that Sunday after the Congressional Right Caucus was over, and he had sent out invites. I was able to get an invite from my congresswoman to go. And this was during the time that uh, President Clinton was in office. So I go to the luncheon on that Sunday. I sit next to uh, a beautiful uh, lady, black uh, lady. I just remember her wearing a yellow dress. I I don't remember her name. And just in conversation – because of showing up, when she looked at my name badge and she saw the name of my company, MCO Construction, underneath my name, she looked at me and she said, wow, she said, we're going to be building a federal courthouse in your state. And I, I, you know, introduced myself and she introduced herself, come to find out. She was the newly appointed uh, person over general services, GSA, by... President Obama, oh, excuse me, by President Clinton, she's a Clinton appointee. So we exchanged information. Now, for those of us who have been in the construction industry for a very long time, we realize that you must have a minimum of fifty projects you're following, and there's short-term, medium-term, long-term project. And why am I saying that? Because this project she was telling me that was coming out in the long-range plan of the federal government that was going to take place five years in the future. And when you're, in, when, you're, when you're struggling black business, five years is a long time. We want to know what can I do right now. Well, right now is 5, 10, 20 years of preparation. Long story short, let me fast forward. A lot of things went on. But through working with my congresswoman's office and working through the uh, A federal general service GSA and the general service GSA in my region and the SBA, they were able to help me attempt to set that project aside. Now we're talking about two or three hundred million dollar project. The point I'm making is this: we did not get it set aside, but but what it did for my vision of what's possible as a small firm it helped me to know the power of the politicians and what they could do now when GSA started dragging their feet the congresswoman said because she sat on the appropriation for that she said you know what I'm not funding that courthouse and guess what she didn't fund it she held up the funding until they did what she needed to do needed for them to do to support her constituent me little bitty me in my area gave me time to identify a major firm that I could partner with, get my SBA 8A certification, and I could go on and on. But my point is this, for those who are listening and saying, I can't afford to go, I don't understand why I should go. Politics are local. What I just described can be done at your local level. And this is why these associations, all of them, they hire lobbyists, to do what they need to have done. We're small. We can lobby for ourselves, and Kimberly can share what we did last year. And the more we go, the more we grow. And the more we grow, the more we know that we don't know, but we can know if we connect with those who do know. So so I just wanted to share that wow. story because I did, end <laughs> up, I did end up on that federal courthouse, not as a prime, but the point is I did end up. Uh, not just on that federal courthouse but using that strategy for the rest of my business career, and it changed it changed the, the vision of what I thought was possible as a small firm. So today we only focus on billion-dollar programs at that level because of what I learned through my congressional um, caucus uh, 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 person that represents our area. It doesn't matter if they're black, white, or Hispanic. If you're not in politics, you're not in, in, uh, in
2: business. And that That's is so true theory. because, as you said, even locally, you can apply that principle. Um, as some of the things we're experiencing here in my hometown of Detroit is that once you start building those relationships, they begin to uh, make sure that you're at the table when the conversations are rolling out about construction services. We've had several of our housing departments actually came and met with us as an association and helped Um, used us to help them vet what the contractor requirements should be in the proposal so we can not only participate, but it was easy for minorities overall and small businesses to participate because many times, sometimes uh, the benchmarks are so high that small businesses can't reach those thresholds, and so they came and met with us. and were able to modify that program and got more minority contractors when they were able to actually release that proposal, and they actually helped... had it out for about two weeks, revamped it, and then they put it back out for about another month and a half. So that's just at a local level, but that's from the learning you can experience at the congressional level because that's your Democratic or your Republican representative. And it's your democracy process in which we live in America where we have representatives that represent us because these are our tax dollars. And it doesn't matter what their race or nationality is, what their political party affiliation is, this is your democratic right that you can go and meet with your Congress and elected officials and gain information to benefit you and building your community. So it's very, very um, insightful uh, to be there. Um, even if you're not in business, I am guarantee you it will help you birth ideas for how you can develop purpose and calling for uplifting your neighborhood.
1: Thank you, both. Awesome. Um, your your stories actually answered several of the questions that I had rolling around in my head, just waiting to ask. Because there are a lot of people that would say, "I'm not a political person. I'm just about business," or "I'm too small to go to some." I mean, to an event like that where you're talking about million-dollar contracts. So, my, you're saying that this is an environment where you can be and get ideas and and connect with people that can speak to your future, so that you can have plans to help you grow to the place where you want to be. Opens the door to a whole lot of uh, different discussions about the purpose of being in an environment like that. So, when you're talking a new business owner, speak to them, someone that's just getting started. Why would they want to get go to something like this? It's too early.
2: And this is Kimley again. Ursula. that's a very great question because someone thinks, I'm just getting started. But this is the part that we forget. We elect these individuals to represent us, which means they need us to be there with the information that they need to represent. Now, they've been elected, they're off in Congress, if we're talking about at a federal level. When you show up as a new business with your concerns, you're standing right there in the room, because there's a whole, when I say a library of events to attend, and you can go there and speak your voice. They all open up, give us some insights. They're taking your information so that they can make that a part of their policy. It can make that part of what they give to their constituents. But if no constituents come to the table, this is a week long engagement where your needs I mean, and they have their staff there, I mean, fully loaded. They have tables, they're taking information, they're writing it down, they want to know your name. So if you're that new business owner, if you're not even a business owner, you just want to know as a as a citizen of this United States, and you have some concerns about your neighborhood that you feel are not being addressed locally, go to Congress at the Congressional Back Caucus. Attend one of the housing uh, initiatives, attend one of the senior initiatives. I mean, every aspect of your life is covered on a myriad of panels. You can walk into any room, get information all the way down to police brutality, how do black youth survive uh, psychologically after they're impacted with these type of things, you can find something that congressional leaders have put in place and are sitting on many of these panels there to find out what their constituents need. And once you meet those individuals, as Ann shared in her story, they will go to bat for you, but they can't go to bat for you if they don't know what your needs are. Remember, and they were in your that. neighborhood campaigning. Now they're at the table listening, and you should be at the Congressional Black Caucus.
1: Thank you. Now, what that also brings to mind is I know a lot of times we look at what's happening in our local communities, and we're upset because of finding out that something has already been done and there's nothing we can do, and, and we just feel so victimized. So what you're saying is there is a way to get ahead of the game and find out what's coming that's going to impact you before it happens so that you can gather support to head it off. And I, I think of one example where there was a um, historical building that was about to be bulldozed down because of some plans that were being put in place by the city. Well, one person and a whole team of people started complaining and to my understanding they won that battle and that to me was amazing Um, so if you know in advance then you're positioning yourself to do something about something that that may devastate you in the long run or be in a position to um, enhance your business in a positive way so either way being at the table early is the key From what I'm hearing this morning.
0: Yeah, I'd like to suggest, you know, we have, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm saying, yeah, we have the power. We just don't use it. And sometimes we don't know how to use it. And this is why the National Association for Black Women in Construction, even though many of our members are not black and they're not women. And it is about the business of the business of empowering ourselves. You see, white Mm -hmm. folks, Hispanics, non-blacks, whatever you want to call everybody else, they are not our problem. We are the problem. We first need to know what it is we want. Be very clear about that. We may not know how we're going to get it. But if we're clear about what we want, and what we want is a better quality of life for ourselves, our families, and our communities. And in doing that, we find that we need to be in business. You can be an entrepreneur inside of a firm. You can be an entrepreneur outside of the firm. But what our focus is in advocating for black businesses, especially in the construction industry, and helping us have an opportunity, create opportunities to participate in this awesome building of America we should be building our communities and we should be building wherever, whatever we desire, we want to participate in, especially if there are public dollars involved in that, in that um, uh, initiative. I am, I am reminded of a, a man from Miami that I, uh, I really esteem him very highly, and, and he probably does not know this, but his name is Andy Ingram. And what Andy Ingram did, he is the founder of the National Association of Black Hoteliers, Owners, Developers, uh, and Operators called NABHOOD, N-A-B-H-O-O-D. And the reason I mention that is because that's private sector. See, most of us focus on the public sector as blacks. But in the private sector, what Andy and a host of individuals who formed NABHOOD, what they realized is that hotels... Want land in the inner city, and with the gentrification that's going on in most of our cities and the urban areas, we'll find that we're, we're finding that we're displaced, as if we have no voice. Black did was they came together and they realized we do have a voice, and a lot of our voices is, is a lot of our voice is found in our politicians that are controlling land in the in a city that these hotels want. They are hmm. at the Congressional Black Caucus every single year, and they are educating blacks. You can have a hotel. You can be an operator. You can be an owner. Or you can be a part owner. And so right now they're over. They started out with one, and I, I was fortunate to be a part of that one hotel with Don people in Miami, as a builder, because of the snubbing of Mandela, because Mandela was snubbed, the, the black uh, lawyers decided to, to create a national boycott of all tourism for Miami. And anybody who's familiar with Miami knows Miami lives and thrives on tourism. So what we were able to do in participating in that economic boycott was bring the politicians to the conversation. That's what Nabhood did, and in bringing them to that conversation, bringing them to the table, the organization was formed out of that because everybody realized, wait a minute, we got power by empowering ourselves and giving ourselves voice. Because when you impact a city or economically, oh, now we, we, can, we can listen to what what, what, what do you have to say, black folks? What do you have to say, <laughs> you know, the least of loss and the unconcerned? Because now you have our attention. And this is my point about NABWIC. We are all responsible for our own financial wherewithal in terms of making a profit. But each of us live, work, and play in a city that has city, county, state politicians that look like us that we are not holding them accountable because oftentimes we don't know what we want. We want, you know, we allow people to give us a chicken dinner or to sponsor an event, and they throw pennies at us while they walk away with millions out of our communities. Well, I am here to say, and this is my leading up to the fact that I am sick and tired of being sick and tired of being one of those Mm. black folks, if you will, that keeps sitting back, waiting back, and waiting for somebody else to give us something. No, we're demanding that which is right for all the people that look like us as black women in these United and sometimes unUnited States, but these United States. And I'm going to ask Kimberly to share about, you know, what we're starting to see with the grounding of America and how black women now are rising to, you know, it's like a spiritual movement, how we collectively as a spirit we're starting to rise collectively okay. and empowering ourselves.
1: Oh okay. So let you it is, it is. And Go before ahead. you begin I'd like to let you know that there is someone that would like to ask a question. So would you like to <laughs> hear the question first or give your answer sure.
2: first? Sure. <laughs> Go ahead with the question. Okay. For, we'll so listen. <laughs> the, all right. Uh
1: for the person with three eight two eight I'm about to allow you to ask your
3: question. Hello, this is yes. hello, good morning. this is jackie perry and <laughs> i I don't really have a question, but I do have What's a comment up, okay Hi. Well listen first of all, what a spectacular show and the fact I read the bios of the women that you have on there. I mean some incredibly powerful. Black women sharing their voices this morning, and I just want to say thank you for having them on Miss ann and miss kim lee uh, but uh I just wanted to comment how uh insightful I've had an opportunity to go to at least two or three of the uh national uh black caucuses and attend the conferences, meet some of the people as a result of you know sideline arranged meetings that. The organization has made with uh, some of the national leaders and all of them have been beneficial but just listening again to number one the history you know why this got started the vision for it, uh, the benefits that accrue to uh, members or individuals anyone that goes uh, to this particular uh, conference especially as they are connected with NAVIC, it's been even more enlightening and I've even gotten more insight and strategies for myself and my business uh, business to use when i 'm attending, and so I think for me, this morning has enabled me to at least be a little more uh, thoughtful and strategic around uh, goals that I would like to accomplish when i 'm attending these uh, sessions. so I just want to say thank you for. Uh, it's a timely topic, certainly, but just thank you for sharing your hearts and your minds and your voices uh, with us this morning.
1: And thank you very much for listening
2: thank and you. sharing as well.
3: <laughs> okay, Kim Lee? Well, that says this a lot
1: right there. Because
2: so the- she said that women, this movement is rising. Um, yes, I think there is a momentum with this age of femininity. That's allowing women to step into their powerful role. We give birth. We give birth to solutions. And it's not just whether it's a gender thing, uh, energetically, spiritually, because of our creative force that we carry in our physical body, the sacred womb space, is greater than just for procreating life. It also can create dreams and visions in ways that are unimaginable. And we're seeing that um, even in this whole rising of the black women, the 100 black mayors across the United States, um, one of the first black mayor, uh, black to, uh, uh, governor candidates in the state of Georgia, a southern state at that. So the Congressional Black Caucus is empowering people to step in with their voice of power. And, yes, our system of America uses voting, but it's also the policy making. So, you know, even here in Detroit, we're starting this whole movement of gathering a community 10,000 strong of black women who are talking about policing policy. What are those policies being uh, voted on? What are those policies being implemented in your community, and how do you track them? How do you end up at the table knowing about them? On the front end, as you mentioned, how can I be at the congressional caucus and know what is being proposed to happen that I can go home and rally behind and say, no, this cannot happen in my community? And as Ann mentioned, the gentrification is happening to many of the Rust Belt cities across this nation. What are you going to use all this brownfield for, as they call it, where land that's been used for industrial purposes now sitting there vacant? And now people are coming in and redeveloping this space into housing, into hotels, boutique hotels, changing fire stations that are abandoned into hotels. So there's much opportunity, but it's opportunity you can learn that's happening in your neighborhood from the congressional caucus. As you're sitting on these panels, you can hear what's being stated, what's being done. These are not just uh, sessions where people are complaining about what's happening to black people in America. No, this is a place where black people can come together and empower themselves with ideas, opportunities, meet with congressional people who are sitting at the tables, knowing what's coming down into your neighborhood, so you can get ahead of the curve and make something happen. That's how powerful we are. When you know, you can grow. And the more you grow, the more you can build wealth in your community. So we're not sitting on the sidelines. We are women assembling ourselves and taking charge, stepping into this arena. Many are becoming elected candidates and getting at the table because this is our season. I think Congresswoman, who had an 80th birthday celebration this month, says it best. We are reclaiming our time. And that's what Mm -hmm. this is about. NABWIC is assembling women in the industry of construction, empowering you for this contract work so you can make a difference for your family and for families you've not even met yet. That's my story. Speaking of. And I'm sticking to it.
1: Speaking of people you have not met yet, it occurs to me that also when you come to the table, sometimes you find people that you have met, but you had no idea that they were into what they were doing. So when you put yourself in a position where you're seeing uh, other people that are of like mind, you may find that you didn't know that the person in a, a social meeting that you have is into something that can totally benefit you because you've been in a social environment, but not in a, um, a focused environment about what is going uh, what's coming down the pike. And I had that happen just within the last week or so. It's like I, I started working on a job for someone and really getting into who that person was, and it's like, oh my God, you would never know that you're into this and at this level because of how humble and unassuming that person presents. But if you're in an environment where people are interested in the things that you're talking about, then that's when you find out the kind of passion, the kind of involvement, and the kind of collaboration that can happen because you now know who is at the table or who wants to be at the table.
2: That's, again, why you want to be at the Congressional Black Caucus, because you never know who's in the room. That can be a collaborative partner that can help accelerate the work you're doing, and you can be informed of something that they were engaged in of a similar interest because you only knew them in one lane of their existence. Uh, Women are multifaceted, and many times we have our hands in multiple things. So it's natural to find in a closer conversation those other avenues, whereby you guys can both grow together and empower the missions of both of your dreams. And that's why the congressional caucus is so important because you have black people who are there with purpose, with vision, and you can accelerate by finding partners of like minds.
0: Right, Believe it like or not, we have we should about continue this conversation. Right. Yeah, and that's what okay. I was getting ready to say. Thank you, Ursula. I was going to suggest that we should continue this conversation because our time for the moment has expired. And so I'd like to encourage us to continue this conversation next week.
1: Oh, wonderful. Okay, that's a plan. That's like a plan. <laughs> so part, <laughs> part with two. International Black caucus, part <laughs> two. Okay, so for our listening audience, you've just heard that you need to spread the word that you can get on and ask questions of these awesome ladies about this experience and the opportunities presented by the things that they know. Uh, now, with that being said, there's two minutes left. So, if each of you would give a closing thought, then we will wrap it up and plan for the next one.
0: Yeah, I can just start um, by saying, if you're not, if you're in business and you're not in politics, you're not in business.
2: Thank you, Kimberly. Right. And and for me, I would say you need to know your value and you need to know your worth because when you know your worth, you'll stand up and you'll vote. And you'll make a difference.
1: And for me, I say we build on the experience of those that've come before and listen to wisdom and that's what you've heard this morning. There's been some wise comments coming from these these ladies today. And more next week. So at eight thirty AM next eight thirty AM next week, join us again.
4: Take care.